WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Locate us on the web at WCBN.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and rebound comes to Hunwick. Six ends remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And all sorts of, I'm sure what most people are talking about for the last week has just been this amazing heat wave affecting about two-thirds of the country. I don't think the Republican convention... Contributed uh, to the hot much air. Much interest, although that was one of the most wretched speeches I think I've ever heard in my life. I uh, don't know if there will be a permanent bump. Obviously, the plagiarism brouhaha for a couple of days screwed everything up. But uh, pretty obvious it was plagiarism, and I don't know why they wouldn't admit it from the beginning. <laughs> but that's Donald Trump. Well, the whole, uh, yeah, I think there are a few comments worth making about oh, yeah. the uh, spectacle that wasn't. Um, the body language of the entire room was an interesting. I like watching on C-SPAN. You can see the uninterrupted speeches. Sure. And you'll get the occasional shots of the crowd in the back seats and so forth. So if you're interested in that, I'd urge you to seek that out on television. Including the empty seats at the... Many empty seats in the upper bowl. Yeah. Uh, throughout the week, of course, the final day when uh, Trumpolini himself speaks at last, although he, like a uh, bridegroom, unconcerned with uh, cursing the proceedings, you know, they're not supposed to see the candidate until the end of the week. Uh, he showed up to introduce his daughter. He showed up at the end of the cruise speech. Uh even when Trump was making his triumphant uh, exclamatory speech there at the end, long speech, um, the front half of the floor was standing. The back half of the floor were sitting with arms folded. Well, he said a lot of things that were just sort everybody of was sitting in back off message. And and the body language read there <laughs> is, uh, uh oh. <laughs> How do we get out of this freak show? That's right. Uh, when the whole floor isn't standing, that's uh, significant. And, you know, I have I've heard a couple of friends say about the Ted Cruz speech, you know, boy, I still hate Ted Cruz, but I kind of love him a little bit for that speech. Well, actually, in terms of content. Razzing it up a little bit. And, and what he actually said, uh, it was actually one of the better speeches. I mean, Giuliani on Monday night, I mean, he sounded like, a cross between like a screeching owl and a somebody like maybe uh, auditioning as a castrata <laughs> for an appearance at the the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. I mean, his voice tone was so high and shrill; it was pretty scary. And you know, Trump's speech apparently was longer. Uh, this year than Obama and Romney's speeches combined in 2012. So after a while, well, if he out people were probably like, 
literally bored. Yeah. And, of course, it was Trump the brand every single day. One other very interesting departure that I noticed was traditionally the day after uh, a convention, the vice president and nominee and the presidential nominee go out on a big speaking tour for maybe a day or two. Sometimes it's a bus tour, but it's a big rally somewhere to keep the momentum Capitalize going. on the momentum, right. What did Trump do on Friday? He went back to attacking Ted Cruz, and by golly, he even brought up the National Enquirer. And the Kennedy assassination. Again. <laughs> um, citing it as a reputable <sighs> publication. Well, in Trump world, it is. And, of course, what's troubling about the United States of America is that 24 million Americans get their news from the National Enquirer and that sort of uh, supermarket trash. And, you know, that's one area where Trump is, is winning the election. Surprise, Bat Boy didn't speak at the convention. And then, of course, the other strange thing is here's Ivanka Trump. Uh, I believe that's her name, the eldest daughter, the one that the media loves. Uh, What's she doing on Friday? Promoting her dress line uh, related to the fact that she wore some dress. I didn't actually see the speech. I heard about two-thirds of it on the radio. And I kept wondering if it might have been cribbed from Mein Kampf. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was, it was bizarre, um, to say the least. You're talking about Ivanka's or the Donald's? Oh, the Donald. Okay. Uh, Ivanka was was charming and well, you I know, mean, what's good old dad? I love my dad. Right. You know what? What? What's she going to say beyond that? I mean, every night featured a Trump child. I don't know where the illegitimate kids were, but I'm sure they're around somewhere. Um, and it's it's a an amazing con. You know, washed up uh, soap opera actresses, underwear, underwear models. <laughs> Chachi, is that, is that Chachi, his name? Scott Bayo, yeah. Good grief. Um, I mean, the Democrats have heavyweights every night. Well, Paul Simon is on tonight. Michelle Obama is speaking. Uh, Bernie. Bernie will be speaking. Elizabeth with... Warren. I mean, these are major uh, figures within the Democratic Party. Speaking of them, just very briefly, I, you know, they need to just not talk about this ridiculous hacker scandal. That's what this is. This was reported, by the way, uh, a month ago, that the Russian hackers had penetrated the DNC files by David Sanger. I, I want to read some of this because it's, it's troubling. That, this is what's going on. Now, Debbie Washerman Schultz, who cares about her? Of course the DNC was biased uh, for Hillary Clinton. This is basically office chatter that's... You can be sure there's plenty of equally uh, salacious and internecine uh, negativity emails on the Republican camp or in any political party anywhere in the world. Right. And this was reported. And because this has become an FBI scandal uh, and an FBI investigation, I should say, the Democratic Party should have no more comments about it. Let's just say we're done with this. We were hacked. This was leaked. WikiLeaks published the leaked information, it's not classified material, but it is troubling that this was released on the eve of the Democratic Convention. But I wanted, wanted to rep read a couple of the paragraphs from the original article. And this is dated? This is dated June 15th. 
And of course, this got lost in the um, the, the mass shootings that were going on. The, the uh, I, I believe. Not absolutely positive on this, but I'm pretty sure the Orlando shooting had just occurred. This, you know, by the way, was on page 817. This is not a front page story because you wouldn't think it would be. But it's interesting that this is what David Sanger, who is a major national security reporter for The New York Times, and uh, Nick uh, Corasasani wrote, Washington, 15th of June. 2016, two groups of Russian hackers working for competing government intelligence agencies penetrated computer systems of the Democratic National Committee and gained access to emails, chats, and a trove of opposition research against Donald Trump. One group placed espionage software on the committee's computer server last summer okay so this has been going on for a year the democratic uh, national committee got suspicious of this and brought in a corporate malware hacker expertise company uh cyber protecting and all that stuff um it says the committee's system appeared to have had standard cyber protections, which are not a challenge for determined state-sponsored hacking groups. The attackers were um, expected that this uh, would work with a company called Strike uh, CrowdStrike's Help. That was the company the DNC brought in. The connection to Russia, this is probably the key paragraph, may be explained by the simple global fascination with the presidential campaign and the mystery surrounding Mr. Trump, who had not been a major subject of foreign intelligence collection. But it also calls a a subplot to attention. Paul Manafort, Mr. Trump's campaign chairman, previously advised pro-Russian politicians in the Ukraine and other parts of Eastern Europe including Viktor Yakovlevich of the Ukraine. So Manafort, by the way, was brought into the campaign recently by Trump about six weeks ago, basically shortly after he sort of wrapped it up when Cruz resigned mm-hmm. from the campaign. And one of Manafort's big moves thus far was the sacking of Corn Lewandowski, who's now working at CNN as an analyst. Um. So when the FBI is looking into this, uh, they're looking at, A, were the Russian military intelligence uh, organizations uh, trying to influence the election? Trump and Putin have had a mutual love fest publicly for weeks now, uh, which suggests that there is some sort of funkiness going on there. Well, he's Trump's gone so far as to say that uh, Putin is a better uh, leader than Obama. Yeah, and he's also an authoritarian, which is mm-hmm. right in the sort of species of leaders that Trump admires. Um, of course, Trump's actual acceptance speech had all of that megalomaniacal nonsense 
believe me, I'm your voice. All crime uh, will end. I mean, promises that are so ridiculous on the face uh, of it, one can wonder what on earth he's talking about. But, um, you know, the, 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 the coincidence, obviously, this has been a known fact that this hacking occurred, but it's the, it's the release of the leaking. Leak the, the timing is, this is clearly intentional and deliberate. Yeah, so it's not an email scandal. Uh, this is office chatter that uh, I'm sure many offices around the com- country would not want uh, published on uh, the Internet or the front page of the New York Certainly Times, the Washington not. Post, yeah. or whatever. So it's, it's, it's the jejunosity of the, of the DNC members. Uh, of course, Bernie Sanders is officially an independent uh, in the United States Senate. He caucuses with the Democrats. So that the DNC would be biased against him in inner office chatter is not really shocking news. The real question is, did they subvert any of the processes involved in the primary system? And there's absolutely no evidence they did that. Um, There were caucuses in some states. There were closed primaries in some states. There were open primaries in some states. Reform of the rules about the convention and all this sort of inside baseball chatter that's been going on for the last six weeks because let's remember that Bernie actually didn't endorse Hillary till about a week ago and that got lost in all of this international news about um, madmen going on rampages, shooting incidents by mentally troubled people, um, with tentative links to terrorism. Trump, of course, has been trying to upplay the terrorism angle when most of the evidence, at least thus far in France and these recent incidents in Germany, uh, would More see indicative of mental illness. Mental illness and uh, disaffection uh, with, I guess, modern living, existence itself. Uh, one of the more recent uh, incidents in Germany, by the way, showed a young man who was, quote, fascinated by mass shootings. That With is, American mass shootings. Well, and, and the fellow in Norway as well, um, I forget his name, who was in the news a couple of months ago because he was complaining about his coffee. It wasn't quite hot enough for him. Um, I'm I'll have to throw it in his face next time. And- amazed that... He's even allowed to have coffee. Um, so who knows where this is going? But uh, it's it's troubling, and you even wonder if, you know, does Trump have business dealings in Eastern Europe? Well, one potential—I mean, his fluidity, uh, he's never released his taxes yet to nope. this date. Um the questions about uh, how much is he really worth, the actual fluidity uh, of his holdings uh, are all big question marks. He certainly has a penchant for the uh, mail order Eastern European bride types. Um, it would not be a surprise at all if he had uh, significant or substantial business dealings with uh, shady elements on the uh, spectrum of Russian mafia to Russian corporatist. Um, but this the, the timing of this all 
so completely reeks of a dirty tricks campaign. Yeah. And, you know, some reminiscent echoes of, oh, gee, you know, Nixon had some, his people had some great ideas, you know. Why not just, it's been a while since anybody's uh, broken into the uh, DNC. What the heck? Yeah, let's break into Clearly, the, computer, the computer Republicans system. are desperate. I mean, they're, they put on a good show. The uh, people every year at the art fair, I like to stop and chat briefly with the uh, folks who staff the Republican Party booth because I think some of those people come into town with the idea that I'm going to have fun arguing with a bunch of liberals. Uh, and last year, of course, I chatted with the uh, nice uh, older African American ladies who were pulling for Ben Carson. And they weren't there this year. It seemed to be the same cluster of two or three people staffing that this year. They're convinced that Trump is going to win big. And uh, the things that you saw and heard coming out of that convention lead me to believe just the opposite. And so the timing of a weird release of this sort of inter-office chatter um, meant to distract and disgrace uh, looks a lot like an official campaign on somebody's part. Yeah, I mean, let's also face it that that understanding... Uh Russia and some of these Eastern European mafia people that apparently Paul Manafort has some sort of a business relationship or lobbying relationship, uh, which uh, may be uh, where the FBI is going to start looking. Uh, and the Democratic Party, as I say, their response at this point should be, we've been the victim of hacking and the FBI is investigating it. We have no further comment. Well, Debbie Wasserman yeah. Schultz has stepped down. Has stepped down and... We're embarrassed, and this is embarrassing, but, um, oh, well. Well, uh, Bernie's speech tonight will, of course, be worth watching, and I'm sure he's going to say just that. that the, really, this is a distraction. The important thing here is determining uh, a sane individual who can uh, put forward the next uh, justice of the Supreme Court. Yeah. And, and I mean, for instance, you know, when when basic facts that Trump submitted to the public last week are so outrightly false, you know, comments about police deaths, disorder, all of this, you know, the, the word that all the media pundits used was dystopia, the dark future of America, the dark present. Um, America has problems. There's no question about it. But most of them are really quite fixable. Uh, but I would also point out that it was the United States. Trump gets his basic facts about war wrong. We've been in Iraq, uh, for all intents and purposes, in the Middle East since 1990. Uh, we've been in Afghanistan since 1979. That's 37 years. Trump loosely talks about 15 years. Uh, those in and of themselves are falsehoods that even the mainstream media can't accurately report for obvious reasons. Uh, of course, it was the United States that was supporting Islamic fundamentalism in Afghanistan in the 1980s when everybody's hero, Ronald Reagan, was president. And, you know, it's strange that Mike Pence would even try and compare Trump to Reagan, which he did last week. I find the comparison strange. Trump is humorless. He is a goon. He's a thug. He's running for president because he wants to feather his own nest, wants to sell products. He's probably even bankrupt. If it's very likely. It. It's very likely. He can't pay his bills. 
I mean, what, why on earth would he have been doing The Apprentice for 15 years or 14 years or whatever it if was? If he didn't need the influx. If he didn't need the money and the in- attention and then the spinoff on all these commercial products that are he's heavily involved in. And how ironic that he's playing up this pseudo-nationalism. I don't call uh, Trump a nationalist. I call him a know-nothing. I don't call him a populist either. He's got nothing to remotely connected not at all anybody who could see him as a populist is doesn't really know what it means well they're misreading american history and misstating what the populist party was all about in the 19th century but i hear a couple of examples regarding trump's apparel that's part of his uh brand uh that he sells uh around the country on his campaign appearances and i'm sure were readily available in cleveland um, I mean, this is just amazing stuff. Um, he's got the line of suits and cufflinks that bear the Made in China label. Uh, some items of clothing come from Bangladesh, Mexico, and Vietnam. He has blamed China's manipu- uh, currency manipulation to argue that it's almost uh, impossible to find these garments uh, here in the United States. When asked about the merchandise on ABC News in 2011, he said, quote, the answer is very simple because of the fact that China so manipulates their currency, it makes it almost impossible for American companies to compete. Uh, Of course, then the article by Alan Rappaport dated the 1st of July notes that Brooks Brothers does make clothing here in the United States. And, of course, we seem to have furniture made by Trump um, from Turkey. Uh, um, and who knows about the, the hacking? Uh, let the FBI investigate it. Um, inner office chatter of an embarrassing nature is hardly criminal conduct, but I'm sure that hacking of that nature probably is. <laughs> I think you might be right there. <laughs> and it is curious about the release of it. So the reason that I read the original reporting on the uh, <clears throat> DNC hacking is this has been known for a month. What is different now is that the information is now being leaked shortly before the Democratic Convention, i.e. over the weekend. And of course, Trump had a very quick um response on Twitter that I don't have before me, but it went along the lines of, of uh, questioning um, the the chatter and stating that they were questioning Sanders' quote-unquote heritage, unquote, which is a kind of a strange comment in and of itself, and quote, yeah, much more. Yeah, mocked his heritage and much more. Really vicious. Rigged. Rigged, which, of course, is a word. And, of course, he appropriated and mentioned Bernie Sanders uh, much more frequently uh, last week in his acceptance speech than he did Ted Cruz. Um, Ted Cruz is under no obligation to, quote, endorse Donald Trump after the way Donald Trump has behaved. What does he expect? But, of course, that in and of itself was orchestrated by Trump. Trump waiting in the... Right. In the gallows to to have the to come out and 
sees the spotlight as as Cruz is being booed off stage. Um, oh well. Um, obviously, they'd read the speech, so they knew there would be no endorsement. Um, as for the rest of the entertainers last week, it's pretty mediocre. I mediocre is generous. I really. Which shows why so many seats were empty. Uh, yeah. There were people even talking about leaving early. There was one delegate from Minnesota that said, I'll gladly pay $400 to get out of here. Well, and they uh, one of the nights, I forget which night, at the very end, uh, they put on the Muslims for Trump speaker. Uh, he leads a committee of probably two, I suppose. And... Uh, the entire place was just empty. He was speaking to people's backs as they walked away. So that gesture is significant, too. It's, on the one hand, callous enough to think that we'll put them on. It means we care. But we'll put them on at the end when nobody cares because we don't care. Yeah. And, and it's it's remarkable when you begin to disseminate uh, Trump's various statements about his so-called ban um, he's uh, given, of course, a variety of and made a variety of statements about how many people this would affect globally. Um, the New York Times in yesterday's Sunday edition has a fascinating. Oh, that was an interesting uh, chart yeah. showing what the, the implications of this would be. Uh, these are color coded uh, uh, maps. But uh, assuming that uh, Trump is standing by what he said in his acceptance speech. Uh, which uh, happened on the twenty first of July, it says banning immigrants from quote countries in which foreign fighters have departed to uh, Iraq and Syria would keep out twenty nine million people. Here's a list of some of the countries, by the way: Canada, Britain, Japan, <laughs> pretty much the entire continent of Asia, um, except China. That means the th the suggestion there is that. Trump is suggesting that we won't let people come here from Canada because people have gone from Canada to these hotspots. Yeah, and this is what he said in the in the acceptance speech. Well, By the way, it, it includes Russia. No. <laughs> so, um, I you know, at, at times with Trump, you don't know, I don't know where he wants to lead America. Uh, the promises that he's made are shocking in their implications. Uh, I find it troubling that there are so many people that say, well, he doesn't really believe those things. Oh, really? Then why does he say them? Um, or he can't really implement those promises, can he? Well, I don't know. Um, I suspect that he just is winging it. He doesn't have, he's not a sit down and sketch it out in advance kind of a guy. Um, he's blustered his way through his entire life with ready access to cash and the right personality. And Roy uh, Cohn. <laughs> it turns out that Roy Cohn was one of his oh. major early lawyers. Uh, Roy Cohn, just for uh, listeners out there that may not be familiar with the name, was Joe McCarthy's right-hand man. And, of course, allegation, accusation were Joe McCarthy's forte. Mm -hmm. He never came up with any evidence. Uh, he just made allegations. The public his... vilification through suggestion. Yeah, and he shook, and it was a, he was a masterful uh, propagandist and demagogue. He would grab papers and shake them around. Once, by the way, when he was challenged on the Senate by a 
fellow Republican senator to, to show me that paper, he wouldn't show him the paper because it was blank, obviously. It didn't have the names of any communists. Uh, the number of communists that Joe McCarthy kept alleging, kept changing. And how did Joe McCarthy deal with this confrontation on the Senate floor? He said, sit down, old man. You know, he just, mm. he, 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 when he was actually challenged, I want to see that piece of paper, he'd never produced it. Now, over time, Joe McCarthy's uh, demagoguery worked quite well. Worked uh, for three years, basically. But he went too far when he began alleging that the U.S. Army was filled with communists. Roy Cohn went on a uh, book uh, analyzing tour of uh, various agencies in Western Europe. Claimed that they had communist literature uh, on the shelves. <laughs> and... Uh, Short of burning books, which never actually happened, but they did remove quite a lot of books. It was organizations like Voice of America that were being challenged by Roy Cohn and Joe McCarthy. Just like to remind you, by the way, that you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly uh, here on uh, this fine station. Would like to thank Andrew for engineering this evening. Should be a very interesting week. And, of course, the heat in Philadelphia will make things even more volatile. 100-degree heat indexes. Remarkable. Try to keep your cool. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking, taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Centuries as a method of torture. Place someone's head inside of a bell and ring it. And eventually, they'll go insane. The answer is in the beat. Saturdays, 3 to 6 a.m. on WCBN FM, Ann Arbor. They'll go insane. Same. 
Sylvester Weaver and Walter Beasley in the background teaming up for the Bottleneck Blues. Telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name is Jerry Mack, your host this evening for an hour-long excursion into the land of Delta Blues and early urban blues performed and lived by the 